Welcome to Drinks and Discourse. It's been a while, but we're back. And today we have an awesome guest, Johnny Stevenson from Galena, Illinois. We worked together for a little bit. And today we're going to talk about a couple things that you're involved in. You have, you are part co-owner of a media project company and content creating, creation company. And then you also have an interesting, I don't even know, crypto, I don't even know how to describe uh, it. I guess I'll give you a brief. What we do is we watermark music files track and report ip and at the end of the day that's uh, that's how i explained to someone and she's like why would you want to do that i go because then they know i could be wrong i'm guessing here is then that's how you know that that song is being used and where it's being used every single time without worrying about ai trying to guess where it's at copy strike law rules and stuff like that definitely and for an example is uh, music gets sampled everywhere um, from vocals to productions and loops and beats but the biggest problem in music is uh, collecting your data on where your music goes and the right. royalties that yep. come in. So what we found is with AI technology coming out, there's ways to embed digital code into music files yep. and track and report sure. your, your work. Cool. Awesome. So we're going to get more into that here in a second because he can do a better job explaining what that was than I can ever. Yeah. So we're going to drink some beers and then we're also drinking... Uh, what is called a penicillin. This is a cocktail created by Sam Ross out of New York. And what is this? A blended scotch with lemon juice, honey, ginger syrup. And then we have, it's in my pocket. Uh, then you usually float a single malt scotch on top, but I have an atomizer and we're just going to spray some on top. So, all right. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. Definitely. Ooh, that's good. Case I got a little mouthwash too yeah, for later on. Right? A little scotch. <laughs> yep. So, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like I said, we, uh, I kind of met, the first time I met you was when I worked for Blum Brothers yeah. for like three months. The only reason I worked there for three months is because then COVID happened. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of changed a lot of things, but I know you had been there for a little bit. So give us a little history on it. Um, yes. Born and raised, uh, born in San Diego, California. Hold raised. on one second if you don't mind. There we go. There we go. Right. There we go. Um, born in San Diego, California. Okay. Raised off and on in Galena and San Diego. Uh been in the music industry probably most of my life as in making music to got into PR and marketing. And then actually I met a DJ that went to UD named Floki. Shout out to Floki. And we hit it off. We just managed, I managed him and he took off. We won number one DJ in Brazil in 2021. Damn. Um, it's cool being an alumni here from Dubuque. Uh, really cool to see somebody come from Brazil to Dubuque and right. be a successful yeah. music career. Um, and then uh, since then, I think in 2016, I met Matt Blum and he offered me uh, bartending job at his new distillery in Galena. And um, I wasn't, I've been in kind of food and beverage most of my life, but yep. never did any bartending. So it was a good opportunity. Uh, fast forward, I worked my way up to general manager, worked there for about eight years. I think when you met, when I met you there, I actually moved to production with Mike and yep. I was doing more of the distilling, helping with distilling. And during that time of me moving into the distilling stuff, a distilling aspect of Blums, I was working on my media company the whole time doing the music stuff on the side, but uh, me and Zach met and started Invasive Media. And from there, we wanted to bring more of the visuals to our area. When, uh, when did you start Invasive or when did you meet Zach and start um, Invasive? Then? I met Zach uh, in 2018 and we started Invasive in 2021 after COVID. Right after COVID. Uh, we were still doing stuff, but officially LLC and business, we started in 2021. Right. What made you want to get into media creation and doing that side? Um, in music, I was always around it, like videography mm-hmm. and photography, but it was hard to have someone with me to be able to catch the moments of what I was doing a part Absolutely. of my life. And I met Zach and he was taking photos at the time and it just synced out perfect. 
Actually, in 2021, we got an offer to film a riding camp that was working for Post Malone in Venice Beach, California. And we just picked up our bags. Actually, we were working with River Bluff at the time, doing some video content for them. Yep. And we picked up our bags and went out for a few months and worked there. And it was an amazing experience. But nice. that was kind of just taking it on by storm. So the first time I met Zach that I can remember was, so my first time I was the marketing manager here at Seven Hills, COVID happened then. I got unemployed because of the fucking governor, yeah. whatever. And then I went a different route, but then I was like, oh, I gotta go get some of my shit that I left at Seven Hills. And I went back to my old office oh, yeah. and there's some fucker sitting there, <laughs> full desk, Eddie. I'm like, hey. And like, oh, like this, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I was just, yeah, I was not expecting it, but again, it's no big deal at all. And that's how I met Zach for the first time. That's hilarious. And and I thought that was funny and stuff too. But then I then I remember you starting. I'm like, why does that guy look from not you, but oh, why yeah. does that other guy look familiar? And then uh, Keith told me that's the guy that stole your office. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember that and at the time, Keith. We were like trying to find office space just for a part time. Yeah. And met, I ran into Keith at Blom, and he's like, oh, we might have some extra space, and we we're like, cool. Yeah. Which last like a year. We didn't, we weren't here too long. We were traveling at that, that time. We actually were on the road. We got on tour with some DJs from Brazil. We were on tour for like a whole year in 2022. So nice. That was, it was an interesting time, but I bet going on tour is an interesting time. I wish everyone could experience it, but obviously that's no. not possible at yeah. all. So definitely not for the weak heart. <laughs> we right. it, but it's, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, so hold on. Okay, so real quick, too, if you don't know who Blum is, the Blum Brothers, they own a distillery, like you said, in Galena, Illinois. Uh, I would almost call micro, but they're bigger than micro. Yeah, they're they're, in, they're yeah. in three or five states now, five I think. Five now, I believe. Yeah. yeah. They started off micro, but now it's scaling it's, a little scaling bit. scaling a little bit bigger. Gradual. So if you're ever in Galena, definitely check them out. They have good bourbon, good whiskey, or good everything. Yeah, they actually are opening up their public house here downtown Galena. So. Yeah. I know that's should, just something they've been working be cool on for a couple years. Yeah. So. so how has been the journey through Invasive Media? Because I'll admit my brother and I kind of started our own video production company. We probably didn't grind as hard as you guys did because then we switched to weddings because that just pays a yeah. lot more money and it just kind of rolling in. But I always knew small businesses needed some yeah. sort of vision that they can't do themselves. They don't want to buy a camera. They don't no. want to learn how to edit. They don't want to do all or, this stuff. So how has that been growing that business through? This is definitely a smaller market than yeah. Chicago or mm -hmm. Minneapolis or something like this. So how's that been going for you guys? Well, at first we were doing more music stuff, filming shows, concerts and tours. Absolutely. Uh, but I had being like growing up in Galena, I wanted to showcase Galena more because mm -hmm. a lot of people know about Galena, but people don't really get to see it much. And uh, there wasn't much videography opportunity around here besides Gigantic and some of the other companies. Mm -hmm. And we just felt like we were going to gear the content we make, we wanted to gear it towards social media only because we knew the future, nobody's going to be on their computer looking at social media pages and stuff besides your websites and stuff. So we, we dialed into that. That's our niche, solely focused on content creating for social media. And it started just working with a couple of local businesses in Galena and even some stuff with Keith and some other people in Dubuque. But right. Uh, we they we just noticed that nobody was offering that service mm -hmm. as curated content for social media affordable and that's what we dove into and it worked really well in Galena we joined the chamber of Galena we actually recently are joining the board of Dubuque, the chamber not the board uh, here in Dubuque and just trying to get more involved locally and help the businesses right. because some of these businesses you know they might not be able to afford the bigger companies that offer yeah. it but we do offer a more affordable price yeah because i know there's gigantic and then there's a uh, dream reaver yeah. and i know those guys are dream reaver they're awesome but yeah they're, they're definitely that's tim i think yeah yeah yep. and they're definitely on a higher end scale because i've seen their gear yeah. and it gears out everything but when you see when, yeah. a red or something like that you know what that costs and, and yeah. it's fine but it's also like you said there's a market on the smaller markets mm -hmm. those are like 
it's almost low hanging fruit, right? Because you can charge a thousand dollars instead of ten thousand dollars for a spot. And that's how we got it. And that eventually turned into recently we shot some stuff for Glow. It's a a hydration drink that promoted highly by Kylie Jenner. Okay. I'm starting to do a lot more of these corporate stuff, but of the local things of our passion. I mean, Zach being from California as well and moving here and just ending up staying here, he's big passionate about the local community as well. Absolutely. And it's 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 there's enough room, I think, for everyone. It's just as long as there's different ways of going about it. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I see there's so much to do still. We're going to focus on a niche and we see everybody has their own niche. So. Right. It's just like with brew. People are like, there's four breweries in Dubuque, Iowa. But, I'm like, dude, trust me, there's enough fucking people drinking beer yeah. that will drink it all. And that's how we viewed it. And, we're, and our goal is to work with everybody eventually, not just smaller businesses. Sure. We actually want to do bigger projects. You know? And I know there's one of my buddies, he does... I don't know if he still does that for a while, but he was doing some of the design work, or I'm sorry, not design work, but creating t-shirts, the screen printing for back pocket. But he only did two of the lines and there's other companies that do other. Sometimes I know some companies... They do certain some, some con or some content for some companies and some content for the others because they can't afford all of it or yeah. together. So and we're just we try to like for instance Blom they wanted to do, Blom Brothers wanted to do something different for content. We pitched a lot of ideas. We did your traditional stuff. Um, eventually, we landed on skits. Um, Mac has been on a lot of uh, low budget films and bigger projects with Tim actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, let's produce something smaller skits. So we've been like, we did uh, Dawn of the Dead. We did Step Brothers. The Step Brother one yeah. was fucking hilarious. So that's like, and the next, we're indirectly promoting the brand. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's and that's what it is. We all know what the product is. It's yeah. just how can I know that person more on a personal level and let's see, have some fun. And yeah. that's why I try to tell people, you want to put your faces on everything because. It just makes people know, oh, I know who this human being is that I'm yeah. buying this product from. Yeah, they, they do cool stuff. If you go read any of their bottles, they have funny quotes and things. Uh-huh. That's what I like about Stephen Keith here. People that take it more personal than corporate is how I think brands thrive. You know? Absolutely. Just be more customer and friendly. Yep, exactly. So let's get into, what's it called again? Soundsafe.ai. Sound, I was going to say music safe. No, right? yeah, soundsafe.ai. Okay. Soundsafe. So... Like you kind of explained earlier, it's a way to watermark songs for artists so they can keep track of where their songs are being used so they can get paid properly. Because ever since Napster, yeah, there was things before Napster, but that, that's the thing that like pushed copyrighted music into oblivion. Yeah. What made you even start? Like, where did this ID even come from? Was it from you, someone else, um, or just a couple so of nights? The, actually, the idea came from Don. Um, he's one of the co-founders, Don Dada. He's actually a music producer. The funny story with Don is uh, 2022, um, after we got back from working on the road, I told Don to move to Galena here, and I moved him from Montreal, Canada. So mm-hmm. it was big culture shift. But Man, um, you guys have huge, two Californians yeah. and someone from Canada. In- yeah, and actually, he's born and raised in Lebanon. So then he moved to Canada. Wow. And now I moved him to Galena. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's it, The whole project originated with Don. Um, we met filming the writing camp for Post Malone in Venice Beach, and that was an interesting time. I just, me and Zach just packed up our bags and moved to Venice in the house of 10 people. There you go. And I've known Don for years since then, before then. And then he kept tossing me around how new technology was going to help the security and tracking of music. And at first I wasn't too knowledge on it. I just knew from the headaches I've dealt with music and the contracts I've dealt with, Mm -hmm. uh, even just tracking down lawyers and and managers and musicians just to get signed contracts. It fit into what he was saying. And from there it snowballed into effect into our first company. Uh, And then actually January of this year, we closed our old company and started SoundSafe. And again, it started from the headaches and problems I dealt with music as far as like payments and just contracts. Sure. And that's where it originated. I get, 
so when it, you guys talk about this, like, how do you even start the ball rolling on something like this? Because this isn't yeah. just, like, I'm going to start a clothing brand no, and, yeah. and do this. This is so many pieces because at least I understand how websites get built, how SaaS companies yeah. get built. I still don't fully understand crypto and NFTs and all that other shit, but whatever, no, it doesn't yeah. matter. But an AI. <laughs> but like, you are combining so many new technologies into one and trying to get it out there. Like, yeah. how do you even start managing start the, the process? Yeah. yeah. So... The first thing we could do that we knew is we already understood that there was an issue and there was mm -hmm. a problem. One thing we noticed, uh, I, I say this a lot, is um, in the last hundred years, innovation has touched music in every aspect we can think of. Absolutely. The biggest one it didn't is how we get paid and how we agree on ownership. And that seems to me is the thing you need to fix before you try to fix anything else. Absolutely. Because it's the core of the life of an artist or a creative. Yep. And from there, we did our research. We saw a lot of paperwork getting done through people at Harvard and Yale about audio watermark technology. And from there, we found out that there's just so many different ways, even speedlining it with AI. So we just basically sat for about a year or two years just researching and then constructing code. And basically how it works, I'm similar to websites. Uh, All we are doing is you drag and drop your music file. In the back end, we watermark it. And mm -hmm. on your dashboard, on our profile, you basically track and report it. Kind of like any tracking of any items that you order from Amazon. Just a lot more secure and a lot more, I would say, seamless. So before, okay, so let's say I'm an artist. I came out with a nine song album or whatever. And before I put that on any outside platform, any yeah. digital social media platform, I give it to you. Yeah. And so then... Yeah, basically, uh, you created your music. You're in the. You just finish up in the studio. Um, you have everybody you've worked with in the studio: the writers, the managers, mm -hmm. the producers, the engineers. Um, everybody's involved in the creation of the song. Um, as soon as you're done putting in the fields of who created what, mm -hmm. you watermark your file. And this, what this does, is basically tags your audio file with your IP rights of ownership, your sure. intellectual property rights. I would say. And uh, basically all it is a dashboard that monitors that and make sure you get proper. And we're not dealing with any payouts. We're dealing with just tracking and reporting right. to making sure that your payouts are happening when they happen. All you're going to do is say, hey, your music's been, yeah. I'm not saying here, but played here and here. And you got, yeah. And here you go. And then, and you, then you do with that whatever you yeah, need to. And then also we, the metrics from like how much you got paid through this platform, how much sure. you got paid through TikTok, XYZ. Because right now the technology that they have available is very simple and they, people are working on it. And that's kind of why we're actively working on it. But yeah, because I know I do. I pay whatever yearly to Epic Sound. Okay, yeah. Or Epidemic. Epidemic yeah. yeah. And now if you don't know what that is, basically you pay this yearly fee and you're able to use songs without with uh your with commercial rights yeah. used to it. So basically these artists probably get some sort of cut, which is probably not very much no. at all. Mm -hmm. But it's something especially for newer artists, I think, to kind of get their out there. So it's kind of the same thing like that, but just on a more secure well, scale. Before they even would upload their music, mm -hmm. um basically what you want to do is you'd want to watermark these files before you take them anywhere. Just so that okay. you know the history of that song sure. or even the sample. It's gonna even go to the point where we noticed a lot of saying are going viral. Mm -hmm. um, even songs are going viral these days that are 80 to 100 year old songs. The problem with that is these labels and people that own the estates of this music, they don't know that went viral and they can't track it unless they see the numbers go up on sales. So that's where we come in okay. and we help B2B publishing companies, labels, track and report that. And also eventually uh, B2C and customers sure. track and report That's it. awesome. It's a security tool, I would like to say. It's right. just a 
kind of like, there's just ways that I would say, hmm, I'm trying to give an example of an easier way that people could understand. I mean, basically it's a patent of some device that I created. Yeah. It's guaranteeing that my work is not going to get copyright or used over again without me getting the yeah without you getting notified yeah and again it makes it easier even for creatives like us when we are editing stuff we do go to epidemic sounds but they're so limited with stuff sure with our platform you could go and see anybody who makes music or sounds and go through something you like and you can automatically reach out to them independently and major companies so it'll be both the problem with epidemic sounds is they're limited mm. um, they don't own the rights to everything that's the problem is they can't let everybody put their music on their site because not all that music's legally can be right. used because there's might be a famous person on it or might be somebody that didn't authorize that. Right. So let's talk about, do you have competition? Are there other people trying to do the same thing? Because it seems like it's a very unique thing, but it also seems like there's got, yeah. there's how many billions of people in this world? You, well, you, I, yeah, there's definitely competition. Like as far as technology goes, uh, more deeper in the back end side, mm -hmm. the most Comparable thing is something Google has called Track ID for YouTube. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you might be familiar with that. Their tech—that's a water, water. That's a watermarking technology. Yep. But the way it does it is very simplified, and it has to hear the whole song. We've created a technology where it takes seconds for it to hear. Uh, so if I use five seconds of you Joe use, Schmo's song, you will know instantaneously even, that. Even worse, something in music production we into implement. Impl how do you say it, Don? Interpolation, sorry. Okay. There's something in the music industry called interpolation. An example would be um, if I was a music producer, EDM producer, and I like the Michael Jackson Thriller song, mm -hmm. and you know the hook to that Thriller song, we hear it everywhere, commercials right. everywhere. Yeah. Michael Jackson's estate has no idea who uses that. Anyway, mm. they know from what they see on the TV and stuff right. or what they license through legally. But Johnny that lives in Denver that's that playing at some it, set. Yeah. You know. have, or even could, could even if like somebody used it on a commercial or a mm, podcast. Right. And just a simple little cut of right. it, you could know. But the interpolation, the, God, I can't say that word. What did you say? Interpolation, sorry. <laughs> With interpolation, that is any cut of a song. That could be distorted, reverbed, okay. any manipulation at all. So it's going, it's diving deeper than anything yeah, it's, that. It's, yeah, it's making sure that if anybody takes any sort of audio, that you can know where it That's goes. That's interesting because it's almost, it, at the end of the day, it almost seems like you're just injecting DNA into it, that song. Literally. And no matter what, how you're transforming that DNA or song in theory, that DNA is going to be recognizable by yep. your software that's looking that, for that DNA. That's a perfect way to put it. Don describes it like that too. It's a digital DNA. We right. embed digital DNA of the ownership of that creation. Mm -hmm. And this is going to go obviously to any audio, vocals. Um, we have a partner called Ink Games. Big shout out to Ink Games and um, Zach Bilo and all our people over there, Liam. These guys have a cool gaming platform that's play to earn, uh, but they have sounds that they use themselves, native sounds. Right. Problem with that is, uh, is even owning those sounds in-house in Creatium, we did a use case, and I had Don and I screen recorded me playing the game. Yep. And then the audios we took from that screen record, we made an EDM song of it. Okay. So in our meeting with them, we were like, hey guys, Here's a good example of you're never going to know this. That's an example. Yeah, With today's technology and just simple technology, you can easily take someone's recording, manipulate it a million times. That never you know. Never know. And then, for instance, you said something about AI music. We just had a big thing in the world about Drake releasing an AI song. Somebody released a song about Drake and it was AI mm -hmm. made. Um, and you couldn't really tell. Our technology is one of the ones that could 
if you watermarked your file, you could tell which was real, which is yeah. not. So that's another big thing and use case. A good example is everybody knows how music gets leaked. You know, famous mm. artists' songs get leaked. Well, that won't happen anymore. And when it does happen, we know exactly how it happened. And because, you can spot the source of yes, who leaked it and yeah. whatnot. So that's another, another use case. That's awesome. I mean, this definitely sounds something amazing, but it also, again, I've coded websites before. I know a while ago you asked who knows a full stack developer. Okay. I'm like, dive into the fuck, detail. man. Like, so, I only know a smidge part, but like, what we don't have to go specific code or anything like yeah. that. But I'm saying, what for is the, the timetable for something like this? Because it's not more than just creating some no, JavaScript and PHP. But, um, you, it's easy to understand now that you understand that. So I yeah. can explain it a little better. Um, it is code. It is mm. digital code. Basically, we are it's a website. The last few years, me and Don had to learn a lot about coding, um, using a lot of Python mm -hmm. and JavaScript and just all the different kind of tools you would use to build websites and code websites. Yep. Blockchain technology released some cool stuff where you can ledger and store files a lot more efficiently, faster, and more secure. So that was, you know, that's another thing that helps with technology. Sure. At the end of the day, it's a website that the functions are in the back end that watermark your files. And for you, it's just a drag and drop feature and you just have a dashboard in your own kind of sure. space. And then, then is your platform then just basically scanning the internet all the time to see where that DNA is placed at and, and looked at? Yeah, so there's issues with that, legally and non-legally. Sure. Um, I guess that's kind yeah. of what I'm asking. Because it's like No, at the end of the day, if you're into coding, you would know uh, we have to ha do handshakes with different company's APIs. Yep. Uh, that's the legal way to go about it. And we have some that we're already working with and partnering with, but we did more research and there's things called web scraping. We can mm -hmm. really do on some open source stuff. That's hairy, but um, we're focusing on just um, our goal right off the bat is focusing on the handshakes with the B2B. A lot of customers as in the artists will be like, Oh no, because that gives them the power. Our technology gives the creative the power. The B2B connections are to make it easier on the top level down uh, sure. for them to work with them. Sure. And I guess that's, that's how that works. Yeah. There's just so many ways to pull someone's data off the internet oh. legally and not legally and stuff like that. So where, what are you looking at now? Cause like, where are yeah. you guys at now? And are you guys looking for help or yeah. like, where are you guys at in this process? So right now it's been amazing. We're, uh, we rebranded with a new name, soundsafe.ai and a whole new technology where we're at as a company. This has actually been amazing. Um, we built our board of advisors. Um, actually Matt Blom from Blum Brothers Ceiling is on our board. Shout out to Matt Blom, but we've gotten some amazing connections. One of the, our board of advisors actually is Latavia Woodward, which some of you don't know her, but most of you guys know her son offset who's uh, was married to Cardi B and a part of the Amigos. Okay. She's the head of our advisory board helps a lot with kind of our introduction into the mainstream music industry with her background. Secondly, we have Mary Beth Sales, thankfully. She's been in Time Magazine, a Money Magazine, Forbes. She works in PR in sure. New York. And lastly, we have Cole Ingram, which is our developer. Or not developer, sorry. He's our advisor for development. Sure. Cole's background is actually pretty cool. He actually helped develop a lot of the watermarks and AI for Shutterstock. Okay. So his background's pretty um, pretty developed. And what we did is board, we what we did is build a board of advisors that really fit and will be useful in what we're doing. Since then, we've raised our valuation and we've got our valuation this year at $5 million, which is amazing. This is pre-tech built. It's more of just our research and development mm -hmm. and our comparing to our other market, people in our market. 
And we currently on a raise of $500,000 at a 10%, which this means for people that don't know is we're just fundraising right now to develop our product to get into, to build an MVP, which right. is a valuable product, like an actual product we could showcase yeah. to the public. I'm pretty sure everyone's watched Shark Tank. Yeah. Basically, what you're yeah. doing what they're doing. You're just not asking for sharks. You're just asking for people that yeah, and, are. And in the past, we did go through the VC route. I actually yeah. pitched at Marquette Law, did a bunch of other pretty cool pitch competitions actually for an example is we actually have a pitch competition in Dubuque with the innovation lab and Dupaco uh, pitch competition yep. here on the first, actually February 1st, which this video actually will probably be released that day before that happens. That'd be so. awesome. So come out if you see this video, um, it'd be at the innovation lab. That's for $10,000. Again, it's going to help us just uh, start our development. Uh, that's where we're at. We're at our development phase. And once we're finished with our development or raising money and our development MVP, we will go shake hands with our letters of intent that we have and um, some of the prestigious music connections we have. Yeah. And then it's just educating people on what we're doing and showcasing them the technology. Yeah. In a year, you're going to have this down to a T. No, yeah. You're going to know every word and how to pronounce it down to a T in a year. Probably sooner than that, but no, that's awesome. This is like when I saw when you guys first started your first edition or yeah, re-edition oh, of this. Business, yeah. yeah, the first one. I was like, okay, this is cool. And I never mean or anything. I don't, I wish you guys the most sense, but man, that sounds like fucking hard work. No, yeah. And I and it's always hard work, no matter what you're trying to do, but it's also like just the coding. So again, I don't know how to code all that shit, but it's just it seems like a lot, but I hope you guys more success than anything. Definitely. And and I think this innovation lab will be fun and cool. I wish I could make it, but unfortunately, I'm going to be doing Rockstar Bingo here oh, that really? night here. So, <laughs> but yeah, but I think it'll be, I don't know, like, it seems so out of, most people are just have no understanding of why this needs to be. Yeah. But for people like who us who are in the creative world, understand your shit can be stolen from you. Yeah, and it's, just used. it hurts. And example, again, I, going off topic, but we had a producer that was a pretty big guy, a YouTube producer and release his music beats and instrumentals on YouTube. One day we were sitting there to give another use case to this was Shazam your song on Shazam your beats on Spotify. And let's see if anybody ripped your YouTube's off, you, mm -hmm. off your beats off YouTube and your productions. Sure enough, there was like three major songs, some of them in the hundred million streams that were on that Shazam. Yeah. And they manipulated the production so much that it would take this kid ten to twenty thousand dollars from lawyers and fees to be able to go take Improve. this down or to make action to even hire a lawyer. Our technology will speed line that up for him in a cheaper way, but even better for his lawyer because he'll have immutable proof that is his technology. That's his. Sorry, that's his production. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So what can people do to find out either more about this or maybe if they're interested, maybe investing or maybe know some people that who might be interested in investing, yeah. where can they go? Definitely. I mean, if you're interested in investing, feel free to reach out. I'm sure my contact information will yep. be here. As far as being more informed, if you were really interested, eventually here soon, we're going to start hold, holding discussion groups in Dubuque and Galena and our surrounding areas. If you're a musician, just to educate them on what we're doing. Again, we're building something that's never been done, but also in a small town. Right. And that's kind of like what we like about it is we're entering a 40 to $50 billion music market. And more than half that is... Un, unreported. A lot of that's unreported. So we hope to bring something to this area that can make an impact globally. Don likes to say we want to bring 
notice or awareness from Dubuque to Dubai, globally in music at least. Like that, notice from Dubuque, Dubuque to, to Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. That pretty much fucking covers the entire <laughs> exactly. world almost, yeah, you know? Middle East all the way to the Midwest. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, one thing I was going to say too is with your board of directors, obviously, I think that shows how much networking and just talking to people and going out and doing shit yeah. helps you because then you can get the, having Matt is great, but also then having that, uh, the person that was- uh, oh, Offset's the, mom or yeah, somebody like that. You know, that. like yeah, somebody you would have never been able to convince her to even listen to you if you never. just he, didn't go out and do the stuff you even went Even the did. story with that is with Latavia and Offset's mom, she saw a tweet that I tweeted on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's all like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're trying to bring back ownership in music and yeah. IP rights. And she's, you guys, this is one of the biggest problems in music that I've seen yet to this day. And nobody's been able to fix this problem. And then she dissected what we're doing. And she's like, wow, you guys have the, you did it. And I was like, yes, but it's like you said, developing this is mm-hmm. not cheap. So hiring developers right. and coders and even people. We need a forensic scientists and data scientists to help finish our research and yep. compile our code yeah I mean, it's gonna be a lot of work and i definitely think if you can pull this off it'll be one of the most major big changes the music industry could ever see because artists don't get what they're paid and that's why you get these artists after 25 years of going back and doing a reunion tour it's not because they want to it's because no. they fucking have to they financially probably need to that's go do problem, it yeah. i mean yes do they want to go do it yes but they need their money because they've been their songs or this and that, and not even just big artists, the artists that's just living in their van, yeah, their shit's getting. Exactly. And that's what we want to do. If we want to do it for everybody, like yeah. the reason for this wasn't just, obviously we are creatives and producers thriving to be successful, but the millions of dollars that these major artists use, mm-hmm. like Snoop Dogg the other day on an uh, interview he had said something about, I have all my ducks in a row as far as numbers and what I know for all my businesses, but I have no idea about what's my music is generating. Right. And I'm like, that's because it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. The technology hasn't been released. So it's cool to see different people validating what we're doing. And I'm excited to be able to build something that fixes that's awesome, problems. Man. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. So yeah, if you have any questions, I will leave uh, Johnny's contact information in the description of whatever platform you're listening or watching this on. And yeah, man, hey, I appreciate you coming out. Definitely. Cheers, Cheers. bud. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> All right, guys, till next time. Cheers.